0: the las vegas raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness transform your mind body and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content guided meditations progress tracking and more visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of true Connect exclusively for raider nation raider nation wake up and get ready because it's time for the morning grind on the official raiders podcast network Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Lincoln Kennedy, and today is November twenty second, twenty twenty two. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Morning Grind. Wow, what a win, huh? We, we, we Raider, Raider Nation. I know you know that know this already. We have to make things interesting. <laughs> we have to make things uh, slight. And even though the Raiders have owned the Broncos for now six straight games, it's one of those things where you, you know you can't take anything for granted. Obviously. Uh, you guys still got to go out and play, obviously. And there were times it was looking a little bleak for the silver and black, but they were able to overcome. And, and I was I was proud for the performance. You know, I had said on the radio with Jason Horowitz when we, before we called the game, when he asked me one of the keys of the game, and I said collective execution. Collective execution, not just high performances out of individuals, but collective execution. And there were instances throughout that game where we saw a collection of people doing well, and and today we'll talk a little bit about it as as we get ready to to get prepared for for Seattle. But the first part of it I want to address always is because everything starts uh, with with the boys up front is the offensive line. Got to give some love to the offensive line. Uh, you know, I thought Munford stepped in at right tackle and did a fairly good job while Luminor went over to the left tackle spot because Colton Miller was down and held his own. Though, though you know, I got to be honest, I didn't think he was going to finish the game. He, he, he was showing me, the way he looked from my vantage point is that he had a sore back or something was wrong with his lower back. The way he was walking, the way he was playing, he kept grimacing. And, and, and so I was concerned whether or not, you know, he would finish the game uh and 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 especially when I saw Jackson Barton warming up on the sideline I was like oh this is going to be a long day but you know for for what it's worth he did finish the game and I think collectively they played well uh what what I'd like to you know what I'd like to see in the future is if there's a level of consistency that can be established by the Raiders coaching staff and who's out there so they can learn to play together and I, I think that's one of those instances where, you know, hopefully it comes and, and, and we'll be able to see it as the season finishes out. But for the most part, I will say this, really impressed with what what we saw. Really impressed with the way they played, especially with the running game. And one of the things that people, you know, we, we've talked about, and you've heard me say it at times, is that when it comes to, you know, playing with consistency, balance will help the consistency. Balance and your play calling, balance, and your level of attack will help the play, will help the consistency. And for a couple of weeks, I've seen the Raiders get progressively better at blocking the box and communicating. More importantly, uh, you know, in that, that Denver game, they were pushing the Broncos around, especially when they had to. And i like to see that. And there were guys who were getting fired up about doing it. Thayer Munford was one of them. Uh, I saw, you know, uh, collectively, you know, he wanted them to run the ball more. So anyways... You know where we are right now is we're at a point where the the things are really going to have to work in the Raiders' favor, and and the sense of that is that look, no one's going to sit there and say that you know they they need to um, they're going to be able to win all these games and possibly make a playoff choice. But the Raiders are talented. They haven't played well consistently as a group, but they're talented, and 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 so for for the all of that all of this worth. You know, the Raiders have a chance maybe to surprise some people. I I like the fact that they continued on the Broncos because that gives you a glimmer of hope. And, you know, I I feel that there's going to be a major rehaul overhaul of this team um, after the season. But that's just my feelings. And, 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 you know, for this point, you know, you're kind of auditioning. If you're a player on this team, you kind of sense that you're kind of auditioning where your future is going to be. If it's going to be with the silver and black or someone else. But for that, I'm not trying to be Donnie Downer. I'm trying to look at the positive and look at all the options. I believe the offensive line did well collectively, and it's all go- comes down to communication. Even in a hostile spot, when Alex Barrs comes up and he's he's over the ball, he announces the four, He announces the most dangerous linebacker. Sometimes Derek Carr will come up and override it. You know, change the number. You know, hey, hey, such and such is the mic. Twenty-three is the mic. You know, forty-seven is the mic, and that will override what Alex Barrs said before. And the reason why they say that. Is because the offensive line, the five guys, are responsible for the four most dangerous linemen, and then the middle linebacker, unless you know differently addressed, and that allows the back, that allows the quarterback to know who might be free in his face if they come blitzing. in, uh, the back who they, you know they have coming off the edges if they have to pick up a blitz or come through the center, who else is left, that's who for everyone else. So that starts with communication. Same thing goes with the run blocks. If if Derek Carr comes up and, you know, if Alex comes up and says 47 the mic and Derek says, no, 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 change it, such and such is Mike. Now Alex has to take his blocking scheme, whether it's dealing with one of the guards, if there's a down lineman, a two, three, or four technique, dealing with one alignment to get to that linebacker because that's now his responsibility if he's uncovered or if he's working with the guard in the runs. We didn't see a lot of that earlier in the season. There was a lot of poor communication. You saw a lot of guys shooting in the gaps. The receiver comes in short motion and lines up at the end of the line of scrimmage because he has to dig out the safety, the extra man in the box. So, and you'll leave somebody free for the quarterback fake, the play action fake, and stuff like that. But that's generally how it's gone as far as assignment. And it's absolutely imperative that you communicate. I will say this. The more you play with another player, be it a guard and tackle, center guard, so on and so forth, the better your nonverbal communication comes off. You kind of instinctively know without even hearing it, where you got to go. And that's, just, that's something that just takes time. That's why, you know, the chemistry, the longer an offensive line play, uh, stays together, the longer they'll play together, I mean, the, the better they'll play together. So that's just something for a little food for thought for, for thinking forward. And now let me turn my attention to someone I'm, I'm extremely proud of, I, and I, I don't you don't normally see it. I didn't see a lot of it back when I played on on the teams because we were so offensive-laden and offensive-minded. You saw some standouts every now and then, but overall, you didn't see it, most of it. But Max Crosby, damn. I mean, he's having a phenomenal season. This I, I've never played with a defensive MVP. I've never played with... Um, you know, a stellar all-pro, uh, as far as I can think of them, There weren't a whole lot of... Well, actually, I take that back. Deion Sanders, the one I played in Atlanta, was the one that stands out. But overall, wasn't a whole lot of them, uh, as far as all-pro goes. Uh, and, and so, like, you know, I've known a lot of Hall of Famers. Chris Dolman, may he rest in peace. You know, guys like that, and you know, Bruce Smith, and played against Reggie White, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, guys like that, and Jason Taylor, and Michael Strahan, all that. But anyways... My point is, is that Max Crosby has just been playing on a terror. And this goes back to what I was referring to earlier when I was talking about collective execution. Max Crosby is playing out of his gore. Max Crosby is trying to do everything he possibly can on his own. He shoots gaps. He chases down guys from behind. I mean, this past game, he had two sacks, a tackle for loss or two tackles for loss three quarterback uh, uh, hits, got three quarterbacks in it, a forced fumble, a blocked field goal. I mean, come on, what else can you do? You know, he has been playing at this level all year. I give him credit. Where I thought he was going to be complimented by number 55, Chandler Jones on the other side, it's, you know, Chandler's been pretty much a no-show. You know, last year when they had Ngakwe, they brought him in, You know, they was like, oh, he's going to be touted as this this." isn't Max Crosby still outshined him. And, you know, for a guy to play at this level, a a guy like Max Crosby, who, you know, for the most part was overlooked coming out of Eastern Michigan. Right. You know, overlooked. This is his fourth year. And if you look at his stats and you look at where he's at, he's playing as a high of a level as, you know, Micah Parsons or some of the other notable names on defense. To me, that's 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 saying something. That's really saying something you, you really have to tip your hat to his playing, his ability. More importantly, his just desire to be the best. I've seen this man work at it ever, ever since he was a rookie. The fact that he cleaned up his life off the field now as a father, congratulations to him and his wife. And turned out to, to just turn it up another level on the field. Man, it deserves a standing applause. And and Raider Nation, he's the truth. He really is. Because he's learned to play through double teams. You can't double team them all. There are some other guys that are coming along on the defensive line. They just need more work and they need more time out there. But there are, are some other guys. But you can't, you know, we've seen teams that try to double. And this, you know, believe it or not, if a team goes max protection where they keep a back or two tight ends in and they only send out three eligible receivers, this helps the defense. This will help the defense. There are still voids that the defense needs to overcome and they're not there yet. But that helps the defense because if they're more worried about protection and less of getting the ball down the field, then there are complements. There are things that you can do on the back end that Patrick Grant, I'm sure, is aware of coverage wise. So that, that helps the defense. But. All in all, man, I, I really, really, really want to tip my hat to Max Crosby because I am as impressed with the play that he's had through this season, through all the turmoil, all the strife. And even last season when he went to the Pro Bowl, I think he's on his way. And I think you can make a hard argument if he continues along this path for him to be Defensive Player of the Year, which would truly be something. Because like I said, I've never played one with one. And, uh, you know, I've only seen it celebrated on other teams, but... It would be something that really shines. You know what you have on the other side of the ball. Obviously, you know you got Devontae Adams who's going to be All Pro. You, you, you know that. Hell, De- Derek Carr might even get there. You know, depending on how the things shake up as at the end of the year, if he continues to deliver the ball and stuff like that. But Max Crosby, man, what what a what a what a beast! He's playing like a man out of possessed, out of his gore, and good for him. He's a good guy. If you have the chance to meet him, you you'll see what I'm saying. But he is a good guy, so I'm happy for him. And I'm happy the way that he's played because it has been inspirational, and it has have other guys risen to the occasion. Denzel Perryman when he's out there, and Denzel has made some nice hits. You know, you talk about Amik Robinson, you talk about Darren Harmon. I mean, all these there's guys that are coming along slowly but surely to make it to make a difference. And the second half, what they did, I had not seen in the in the Bronco game, had not seen all season. They made adjustments. They came and they took a lot of the bite out of the Broncos offense that they had, the success they had in the first part of the game, they took a lot of that away, gave the offense a chance. And that playing defense, the way they did, kept the ball, kept it in the, you know, the offense could stay in, even when they were skipping or sputtering and stuff like that, could stay into it. And look, the team complemented one another, offense complemented defense, defense complemented special teams, so on and so forth, the big circle. They found a way to win. So for what it's worth, that's all that matters, right? When it comes down to it, and that's what matters. Just win, baby. And that's what makes this thing fun, especially when we could talk about a win rather than a loss. So moving forward, going up to Seattle after Thanksgiving, a tough team. Seattle's playing hard, impressed by Geno Smith. Didn't see that coming, playing a mile away. But in order for this team to get better and to continue the road they'd up, they, I, I think we've seen a little bit of it. We'll have to see more of it. They found creative ways to get the ball to Devontae Adams. They found other ways to get people like Mac Hollins involved, you know, and Keenan Cole involved. You know, Raider Nation, they went into the Bronco game. They only had four receivers on the active roster that day. And, and DJ Turner didn't play. So, you know, you made your best with three receivers and two tight ends. You know, one only played special teams. Foster Morel came through with a big clutch catch in the fourth quarter that kept the drive moving. and You didn't hear from him even before then, so... Finding creative ways to move the football is it comes from balance. Josh Jacobs, you might see a two back system for the rest of the year, which is fine. Uh, it comes from great execution and, and communication from the offensive line. All powers would be including the tight ends and stuff when it comes to blocking. And more importantly, you know, there's just like Josh Jacobs, just like Devontae Adams, just like Max Crosby. There's a will to win. And these guys are trying to do everything they can as individuals to pull the team along. that's, that's uplifting and I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the morning grind. I'm Lincoln Kennedy. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the morning grind on the Raiders podcast network.